Um, so fun to see Martha here, and thank you all for coming out on cold night. I'm just going to read for two hours and 35 minutes. <laughs> It'll be really cold when you go. <coughs> no, I'll, I'll read about 35 uh, minutes. And um, I, I think I'm going to read from a bunch of um, talking at dinner tonight. Um, with a ceramicist name starts with a K. Who who, who is it? She's Kristen. Yeah. Uh huh. And thought of um, one of the things I've been interested in is collaborations with artists, and so I thought I'd sort of focus on um, poems that had to do with collaborations that I've um, that I've been privileged to. So this first is a collaboration with a photographer named Raymond Meeks, and we did a, a, a book together. It came out from Nezraeli Press, a photography press in New York. And it's called A, a, a Clearing, and it, um, there are photographs of um, Myanmar, of um, very primitive mining operations in, in Burma, in Myanmar. A Clearing. Where are you going, ghosted with dust? From where have you come? Dull assertiveness of the rock heap, a barren monarchy. Wolf spider the size of a hand, encrusted with dirt at the rubble's edge. What crosses here goes fanged or spiked and draws its color from the ground, xanthic shadow at the edges. Where are we going, ghosted with dust? From where have we come? Stretcher loaded with clods by a spavined workshed. What does it mean, a cauterized topography? One step forward and he is with us. One step back, another realm absorbs him. The sense of epic loosened, unstrung. Each one thinking it is the other who recedes like a horizon. The miraculous cage visible under his skin. I cannot be discarded, his eyes say. A flute that plays one note, a face. In the open pit at noon, men waning in brightness. I can be red, say the rocks, but not by you. The air burnished, almost mineral, like a thin peel of mica. Mound in the photograph, iris in the eye. What does it mean, a cauterized topography? To salvage rocks the color of all else, from all else the color of rock. I can be red, say her eyes, but not by you. As if the land had abandoned itself. Rain flushed from denuded hills, soil powders in wind. One step forward and we are with them. One step back, another realm absorbs us. Don't pick up the rocks, he says, because rocks belong to the dead. Xanthic shadow at the edges, the distance, flat as horsehair plaster, all depth sponged away. Black knoll of tailings. There is nothing between his eyes and ours, not even invitation. Each stone carrying its death sentence into the animate world. Fly maggot eating the red ant's brain, the sense of epic loosened, unstrung, light broken off in the air. The twig's shadow has the same quality as the shadow of a man. Glance held, an afterglow, all depth sponged away, the distance flat as horsehair plaster. Iris 
in an eye mound in the photograph. Don't pick him up, rocks say, because the dead belong to the rocks. Encrusted with dirt at the rubble's edge, wolf spider, the size of a hand. A man's shadow has the same quality as the shadow of a twig. What crosses here goes fanged or spiked and draws its color from the ground, the air burnished, almost mineral. I think this is one of the earliest um, poems that, that I have written that I've kept. Um, it's called After Hajiwara. A child was pulled from the lake. The schoolmates whispered into each other's ear. They whispered a dirty story into each other's peculiar shell-shaped ear. The wind backed off. On the bed lies a woman. In her face, two eyes. Um, and this is a collaboration uh, with a ceramicist named Rick Hirsch and a glass artist named Michael Rogers that, um, that uh, is in process right now. And they're making, um, making works um, related to this poem. The poem is, um, has its generation in a rock, um, which is a great source for a poem. Somebody sent me a, 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 a mano, the, um, the rock that Native Americans used to grind corn and everything else. Um, it was a mano and a matate. And so this rock that um, is shaped by the grinding that it did for um, generations. Mano. In microscopic pox of a palm-sized granite stone, traces of green corn, purslane, snake fat, and pinion fuse with smeared root and beeweed pollen, ochre dust, which drifts summer long into the scalp of a woman kneeling, intent, and bent over a light-bitten stone basin, her muscles flexed, trapezius to triceps, the wrist thick, working a short orbital swipe, hand stone taking the curve of palm, cupped, and her torso's weight falling through, while swallows dive and veer along the sheer cliff, the warm scabbed heel of her palm bears down, heel of palm, onto and into the skirling sound, stone merged with the hand that grinds it wheel-wise, the maker breath blown, alive in her tool, lithe, flies fussing and landing, her hair fallen across her eyes, radiant upbeat, leaf trilled, and into this cadence is inset the slower cadence to which she rocks her baby when he cries, and all the variable tempos of her breath, her body's measure, countless breaths, decibels of fullness, day's utterance and stress, all this pressed against basalt, vesicles into the stone, into the pocked stone, goes 
a rabbit hair brushed from the hand that flensed the hide in late eyelong afternoon when red ants pour from holes in rocky soil ticking across fluff grass square-headed ants toward a garden where three guardian turkeys are staked to peck the leaf eating ants. A minor victory the garden greens up, registering in the eyes of the woman who scuffs stone on stone in the flood-buckling blare of violence and time that pockets her light in, that pockets her light in our, our light, as the pupil narrows in its lens and we bend, kneel almost, in a clearing to pick up and weigh the rock, hawk glide, our hand where millennium's gone, her hand had been, who winks out when we come clear, to whom, on a weedy hillside where someone kneels in the now, even now, beyond our still flow, looking. This is a this is a poem that I hadn't brought with me, and so I went on the web to see if I could find it anywhere, and um, and I found it in a really bad review <laughs> of an anthology where it was included. Um, I'd never seen this uh, this review before, but the guy has you know, said he had. No, um, he needed a, let's say, a, a guidebook to understand how to read the poem, which is like the simplest poem in the world. It just has a caesura in the middle of it, you know, just this space that totally threw this person off. It's like the old, it's Anglo-Saxon. It's like, it's not so avant-garde. It's more formalist. So this was a collaboration I did with a photographer named Sally Mann. And um, this is a poem based on a photograph of hers called Road and Tree, which is a photograph of a road and a tree. Um, pretty simple. Lucent Road, first letter. Evening spooked with light. Quarter moon road with the darkness inside it and full moon sky with the tree inside it. Curved road in the gloaming. Oak trunk, a vector of force, punched upward, held in place by the stenciled circle of light. Lit road bearing a trunk of its own darkness. Circle of light split like a cat's eye. Road curling left. Eye Cutting right, barely there in the soft dirt, footprints and dog prints commingling in the throat of the road where voices also have fallen with pollen. There is an inner land, this is an inner landscape, for even as light came back like bees to the camera proclaiming the photograph, the place altered, never availed itself at all. A ham of cirrus brushed the sun. The Carolina wren's chiri gave way to a full moon in the afternoon and little grass frogs. Dry puffballs detonated into a cloud of gold spores as a hoof lifted. And even if it had pictured a real terrain for one moment of what place is it a memory now? 
The image strands itself, a word knocked loose from the language, a tooth under a pillow. And the place itself was neither fully read nor erased, since it never ceased being written. Only a word was pronounced, only the instrument clicked. So there's a, there's a really fantastic uh, French photographer named Jean-Luc Mylène um, who uh, photographs birds, nothing but birds, um, but he does it in a really um, old-fashioned way. He builds a camera into a tree after living um, in a uh, in situ um, in an area in, in the woods where he wants to photograph. And then he lives there and waits for the bird to come to the camera. Um, and then he takes these photographs, um, which are really remarkable. And um, because it's a, a weird camera, they're unlike any photogra photographs of birds that I've seen with, with fancy uh, high-speed cameras. And um, this was a, f a, a poem for Jean-Luc Mylène. Witness. Or the vision that holds as it, at its razor point the feathers of a bird goes blue. Sleeplessness framed behind by this wine of insects. So shudder lifted offers to looking the very oracular interior of that openness into which bird inserts itself, its song shortened by wind, comes the visible and its remainder, a blur, what? Tittering at lower and lower luminance, that the accompaniment might be sufficiently responsive. Um, I lived in Arkansas for for a while, um, which in fact is the reason why that poem that I read before that that guy didn't understand because there was a caesura in the middle of it. Um, it was written there because I was often, I lived in uh, a place where we had a long dirt road, and dirt roads in Arkansas are often just two ruts with a hump in the middle. And so you're always walking in the ruts and talking to someone across a hump. And the conversation is very, you know, that sort of acts out the, the caesura, um, which is a, you know, a, 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 an, em, a, an empty space on either side of, uh, in, in the middle of a poem. Um, so this poem takes place in Arkansas also, a really magical little town that I lived in full of um, militant lesbian carpenters and drug dealers, drug dealers and um, uh, kind of hippie philosophers and um, really magical place. Uh, Eureka Springs, also a place where um, f fundamentalist Christians have a huge um, uh, 
sightseeing thing with a big uh, concrete Jesus. In fact, it's a it's a sect of Christians that was um, that was founded. This whole uh, whole um, Christian part of Eureka Springs, founded by Gerald K. Smith, who also founded the American Nazi Party. Um, and so there's a weird uh, weird tensions in the town because most people in the town. Um, which doesn't have much in the way of employment aside from carpentry and drugs. Um, I, I worked as a waiter uh, and a printer. Um, most of the people in the town either work for the chicken processing plant for a while or they have, they get roles in the passion play. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, and the passion play is really, um, is really authentic. It's full of like, They've got every kind of animal that uh, you can imagine there, goats and camels, and, um, and Jesus at the end rises off the cross on an uh, invisible line. It, it's, a, you know, it's a huge, you know, huge stadium. Uh, people watch this. And it used to be advertised throughout the Ozarks as more authentic than the original. Um, <laughs> honestly. I, they had in mind the original passion play, I think, not the original of Jesus' act, but <clears throat> something about that. To the reader, although you are looking for something else in the mirror, you can't avoid them, can you? The wrinkles of sarcasm, the crow feet of insomnia, and the bleary eye of hesitation, and the silent voice saying, look what time it is, and your name, and why don't you lie down so you'll be rested for work tomorrow. Then the dream snaps on, and yet a distant hope keeps you awake. You are still awake, aren't you? Although it is late now, and the question you are asking has become something different. How has the tactual amnion of habit failed to protect you? The night discharges itself into hills, into the river's fan gravel and swallow holes, mangrove roots thickening around lost fish hooks. In the gas station sign, Pegasus lights up and flickers out and lights up again, and muscles twitch in the attendant's jaw as he stares into the bay, a timing chain, part number, on the slip of paper in his hand. While stars flare and the waitress crumbs the tablecloth, are you just opening again to the lust to be filled with something? What is it? Around you the nameless countless things, hullabalooing in silence, sop up your looking at the very moment of contact, at the critical instant when your line of sight lifted from the mirror and gently set down again into a groove of the revolving earth, catches, and appearance pours out like frog song. It was me, yes, following, when you led and when you fell behind. How long it took us to get here, we who belong to this time, in all its thin passages and its fullness. Only let me press my mouth to the back of your hand before you move it from my face. This is a series of poems about raising a uh, raising a boy, raising a child, being a father, trying.
trying to be a good father. He uh, got translated into Spanish and the translator was really curious about the hairy woodpecker. Um, why, why do they have hair? Um, Ligature three. One hairy woodpecker follows another around the trunk. Word as sap I scrawled, as soon as possible. Waiting for the boy, a gangly pup lolls at the edge of the plaza, rolls onto its back, attacks a scrap of napkin. From our table, I watch the woman's eyes shuffle the faces of passers-by. Her earrings have stretched her lobes into suggestive slits. When we first met, the words we whispered were erotic. Later, it was the silence. A stranger asks me to accompany her son to the men's room. He has an eagerness to pease, she translates. Humility is pride's strictest flourish, its grass script. But to submit to the world is integration, the beginning of. The boy picks a leaf to lay beside the rhinoceros beetle flailing on its back. The beetle writes itself against the leaf. Meanwhile, the twig begins to bleed. All the while, we sit jostled against each other on the crowded bus, angry and unspeaking. An electrostatic charge joins the fine hairs of our legs. When he doesn't come home, I search for him. Under the street lamp, a dust-colored scorpion, hatchlings riding her, raises her pedipalps. Without language, appearance still asks questions of itself. He has been photographing pariah dogs. You must be inside of pain to feel it. I wake to hear a woman outside the window pishing warblers. The boy points out to me a cartography of snail tracks on a broad avocado leaf. Not the sentence is for the words, but the words are for the sentence. Two of us withdraw to make room for the third. A parrot walks from the table onto the boy's outstretched hand. He picks it up before he sees the half of its wing, shorn cleanly as with a scissor. Anniversary. Not to not, not to, not to be known always by my wounds, I buried melancholy's larva and followed you. I gathered myself like the dusk to the black tulips of your nipples, tulips, tulips. For seven days we locked the door, we scoured the room with bird's blood, and for a little while in the hollow where your throat rose, from between your splendid clavicles, rose, rose. Our only rival was music, the piano of bone whiteness. Nor did the light subside, but deepeningly contracted the rawness of the looking, the quiver. Um, so
So I'm doing a collaboration right now that I'm very excited about. Uh, it's with two dancers who come out of Bhutto and in fact studied with the founders of Bhutto, both Hijikata and Kazuo Ono. And they've always danced um, together um, as Ieko and Koma. And um, they're the only ones to get a MacArthur grant um, that was split between them, which made them mad. <laughs> why, why should we each get one? Um, and uh, they're fantastic. They have a, yeah, if you haven't ever seen them, um, if you get a chance, you should. If you can't, go online, take a look. I just came back from the Walker, their, uh, Walker Art Center in Minneapolis where they're um, doing a six-hour installation piece. They're um, moving, a movement piece. That's six hours, six days a week. Um, really exhausting and co completely gripping. I could s sat there for six hours one day and for like three hours the next and didn't get tired of it at all. Faithfulness for Iakon Koma. A life might change, a person's life might change with a gesture or shaping phrase in albumen light and gentleness from which gestate bodies wake supple, strange as an oyster. Dilation of her nostrils, slow contraction of his ribs, breeze in the mulch, life breath. One finger joins and leaves her gape, palpating the shadow over her face. Marmorial contour along curving spine trough, each lumbar vertebrae, one by one, distinguishable undulation points blade out from his shoulders, her foot everted, heel drawn up by the ligament in her calf, so between them, space, a universe in embryo, might be reconceived as a means of access, flesh realm, blind, finding flesh blindly, feeling forward, the apical arm spasms in pre-light, chin up, feet flat under her hips, palms down, turned out the body lifting ventral upward and buckling as though newborn muscles unused to weight or sequence, a tendon behind the synovial bursa exquisitely, testing its range. Leg folded under the body as swaying it rises again, spaving thighs, elbows incurved against the joint, probing the air with his stirring face, the lysome trunk dragged forward on arm-pinned, shoulder stumps, broken momentums, the tendrilous leg bone waves from its pelvic socket as they fall awkward, slamming themselves into play place, clavicle pockets of shadow, open-mouthed, foot cocked, head arched back on its throat, upside down, the rhyme of capsized mouth and eyes, of four buttocks, a madrigal pair, shifting equilibrium of forces, as he disencoils her waist like a fountain, her head rolls back and hair sweeps the floor, such solemnity in becoming aware of an emotion, while silence 
choose edges of water sound, night wind, his wrist ardent, vulnerable, great toe pulled back from the immensity of contact, clockwork, articulate splay finger, imploring first figures, amphibious, spent, and mutual with a world, two bodies, unleashing the event. And this is a poem for a Mexican poet and painter named Valerie Meyer. Evaporation One. It's not an insult to refuse to drain the glass, she tells me, and a fly crawls from the bowl of salsa picante. Would you choose to bury the organs with the child? And he retreats to his room and closes the door. Here birds in the zocalo whiz and tweet like children's toys, and there a charred corpse hanging from the bridge. From the seat behind her, the boy pokes his sister's head with a plastic fork and, getting no response, tests it on his own head. Would you kindly turn the damn wipers off, the attendant asks, and the odor of manure and wet hay hits us. A kind of mystery adheres to those who have suffered deeply, and thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Radiance. It sounded like the chimuck of a rock dropped into a stream and the piston-driven breathing of sex. The couple at the bus station, when had we kissed like that? And nice evening, yes it is, a bit skunky, that's for sure. Terrorist and victim circle the last chair as the music stops, and the worm's valved mouth snapping. When I rise out of myself into occasion, I said, and when do you rise out of yourself into occasion, she asked. Late enough to count moths at the window, and the boy will be coming up the porch steps when he comes, the long row of treadmills choiring, and above them televisions replay the disaster. And I'm going to finish um, with uh, these two poems. Uh, evaporation too. This is uh, for a wonderful Mex Mexican poet named Corral Bracho and another Mexican poet, Marcello Oribe. In increments enunciated, oh, within, where the meanings in increments lie bare, she says, oh, to her friend, who is watching, I am watching, a cat slink while we walk, keeping pace with us through the fenestrated walls, adobe, of a ruined house. Oh, this finger, in the village where she grew up, her accent makes clear. This finger, she says, delighted holding it up, has a heart in it, pulse, and thinking I don't see the friend. She takes from her purse a toothpaste tube, purse open, as she walks, we walk, where's the cat? 
along the soft path between adobe walls, squeezes toothpaste on her finger with its heart, and smears it looking away, against her upper and still looking away, lower teeth, then touches me with her breath. That one was fun to write. <clears throat> and I'm going to finish with this poem. Knife on a plate. If there is any relief from it, any slippage, the weight while the phalanx of children streaks across the basketball court, bending to pick up an eraser at the foul line and rushes back to the squealing eruptive start. Colorful wicks flickering in the afternoon. My boy is on fire all summer and losing his extravagant high voice. Earth's mantle scatters beneath him. Look where he stands casually leashed to the greyhound beside the hydrant, a royalty of self-absorption yanking the dog before she's through, yanking her into the literal present and uplift between intention and accommodation, where hours have yet to be rendered into days, into weeks, into months with names like January and February, into circumscribed feelings. The fact of the tag turned out from the neck of his pajamas attaches itself to me like a burr. The audacious originality of the ordinary sometimes suggests an opening, and to enter is to hear the measure, not of nostalgia, but nearness, that fetching lack of doubt and perspective, a world zoomed in close enough to count black ants under dog-stunted spirea. Before capillaries re-knot in the eyes, before the dish rag hanging from a ring on the cabinet door under the sink is too badly sullied, the brightest dark and the darkest dark open huge their mouths. There is a disturbance, like a kiss through which cognition disappears. As always, I am sitting in this silent room alone, or I am reading to my son propped against the headboard. A donkey finds a magic pebble, and the boy knows there is no one world we approach by approximations. Only choose and choose and choose cracks over us. I jolt awake, but no time has passed. I am turning the page with one hand. I am fingering the boy's unwashed hair. That's it. Thank you.